when I think about, you know, leadership and, and talk to leaders, I do find that, you know, they, uh, they had grown up in their careers being in an office, right? And, and there was a, a very specific way in some cases of, you know, what management and leadership looked like to them. And, and they emulated those types of behaviors and, and ways of doing things. And so it's uncomfortable, right? Um, uh, no matter what level of the organization you're at, um, adapting to change uh, makes you think about well, why am I doing it this way, right? And, and is this new way going to be sustainable? That's the other challenge that I'm finding is, um, you know, leaders tend to question, well, how, how long is this going to continue to last? Is this something that is a temporary? Um, should we call this the new normal? Should we talk about returning to the office in the context of returning to, you know, quote, normal times? Uh, so I am seeing a lot of active conversation there. Hi, all. Welcome to yet another episode of Hacking HR podcast. Uh, today's conversation is exploring how leaders can lead and coach their team in a remote work model. Interestingly, employees prefer the remote work model and rising concerns around the Delta variant or the travel restrictions and other factors are showing corporate leaders that remote teams are the way that business gets done. The Pew Research says that 71% of workers performed their jobs remotely during the pandemic. However, finding ways to lead and engage a remote team remains a challenge for some and a complete mystery for many others. We have a very special guest today with us, Joe, in our podcast studio. He has spent close to a decade in leading global total rewards and HR operations across industries. Hi, Joe. It's great to have you with us today. How are you? I'm great, Natasha. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Great. And, and it's a very interesting theme and topic that we are discussing today with you, Joe. So uh, I would love to know, uh, there has been a mixed reaction and response from the organizations in the last couple of years, so to say, in terms of whether remote work or work from anywhere is, is the preferred business model further or not. So I would love to know why organizations feel that leading a remote team can be challenging or difficult in the long term for the businesses to make significant impact. Absolutely. It, we're creatures of habit, right? We're all, we're all people and um, we think about what made us successful in the past. And, you know, with the pandemic, that all um, kind of, you know, that all kind of exploded, right? And we had to quickly adapt uh, to new ways of working, new ways of interacting with each other and, and new technology. Um, and that was no small task, no matter what industry you were in. Um, combine that with, you know, some of the health challenges and, and uh, you know, all of the other impacts of COVID. What, when, I, when I think about, you know, leadership and, and talk to leaders, I do find that, you know, they, uh, they had grown up in their careers being in an office, right? And, and there was a, a very specific way in some cases of you know what management and leadership looked like to them and and they emulated those types of behaviors and, and ways of doing things and so it's uncomfortable right um uh, no matter what level of the organization you're at um adapting to change uh makes you think about well, why am i doing it this way right and and is this new way going to be sustainable that's the other challenge that i'm finding is um you know leaders tend to question well how how long is this going to continue to last is this something that is it temporary? Um, should we call this the new normal? Should we talk about returning to the office in the context of returning to, you know, quote, normal times? Uh, so I am seeing a lot of active conversation there. 
Interesting. So um, as, as, you, as you pointed out, there's also got to do with the changing people behavior. And I think people behavior uh, in, in these last couple of months has changed so rapidly that earlier organizations would do these surveys to understand uh, in about a year's time how the behavior model is and what's going to be the expectations way forward, which then reduced to six months, then quarterly. And I think now what I hear from organizations like Capgemini, et cetera, it's by the hour or by the day that they see from their analytics that people behavior is changing. So today in the morning, a sizable population will come back and tell you that let's come back to work. And then there's another sizable, pop the, the same sizable population after five hours, the next survey would say, forget it. I just want to stay at home and work. So uh, I'm, I'm very keen to know that what are some of the uh, factors that are influencing these behavior changes and how is it that the leaders can actually keep pace with the changing behavior to ensure that the teams are not uh, falling away from the purpose, the overall purpose of leading the uh, agenda or the goals to the overall achievement of the business performance. So we have to think about this person by person, right? Um, everyone's personal circumstances are changing sometimes by the day, right? When you think about, um, you know, individuals' health, right? What's going on in their family? Do, do some people in their family have COVID? Are they taking care of others? How are they feeling personally? And then there's a Zoom fatigue, uh, you know, if you're in an office environment. Uh, Sometimes there are some days where you crave that human interaction. You want to see someone's face and, you know, and all of their, um, you know, nonverbal uh, cues, right? But then there are other times, and I see this, you know, within teams, you know, team that I lead is, um, you know, we just, we're done with video, right, for, for the day. And, and it's okay to, you know, to acknowledge that and, uh, and adapt accordingly. So I don't think there's a one-size-fits-all solution. I think people are still trying to figure out um, what is the right groove for them. And that groove might, might change day to day. I think if nothing else that we can take away from the, this uh, experience with COVID and, and remote work, it's that agility is the name of the game going forward, right? Uh, we have to be able to adapt to the moment, adapt to um, changing circumstances, and, and just be okay with, you know, with the fact that uh, each day might look different. Uh, that can be exhausting sometimes, right? And, and what that requires is uh, communicating sometimes about communication. Um, I find that uh, sometimes it's, a, it, or often, it's important to, you know, talk about, hey, are we gonna be on Zoom today? How are we feeling? Are we, have we had enough meetings? Did what I say in that meeting make sense to you? Uh, are you understanding my intentions uh, behind what I'm saying? And so I, I think that leaders really need to be more in tune with their people uh, by having those conversations uh, before and after you know, those, those key interactions. Beautiful. So, um, which, which uh, brings me to another question for you, Joe. How do you see leaders can maintain a resilient culture and support their teams and people wherever they are to continue to engage, to stay motivated, um, to stay aligned with the overall business values and the purpose again? You have to get to know your people. And so your, your one-on-ones, for example, should not be just focused on tasks. Um, use that as an opportunity to continue to build rapport even more than you would have in an in-person environment. 
Um, it's not just about asking, how are you? Because culturally, right, we ask, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? And then you move on to, to the, you know, the business. Um, spend some time without, you know, within, within reason, right? You don't want to, uh, you want to respect boundaries, um, but get to know what motivates the employee, right? What, um, you know, what are some of the needs that you, that might not be readily apparent? If you're starting to see some pattern changes, right? And in their energy level and how much information they're sharing, their level of engagement. You really have to use you know, all of your senses to, um, uh, to, to recognize that and then to start asking clarifying questions um, and, and then adapting your own approach, right? What, what works for, for, uh, with one team member might not work with another team member. And so it's gonna be you know, the role of leaders to really um, you know, spend that time and energy um, on their people and not just tasks. Wow. Uh, so I think there's another aspect to it, as, as you rightly said, asking the right questions, uh, understanding beyond uh, what, they are, what they are doing or feeling for the day and, and what's the deeper level of uh, sensing that they are getting from the people in terms of burnout or any other issues or, or any other, I'll say, mental wellness issues that they're going through. Uh, but I think often than not, leaders themselves forget that they are also part of that journey. And they are also going through a burnout. Uh, they are also going through a lot of vulnerability. They are also going through a lot of emotional stress uh, in, in coming back to the team and keeping them engaged along with them. So how do you see or, or what are your some of the key advice uh, points to the leaders of how they can continue, continue to build their authenticity as well as bond or connect with the teams uh, globally? Uh, in a remote setup more deeper so that they are also able to share what they're going through and the team is able to accept them without being judged. I have a couple of thoughts about that. Um, it reminds me of some wise advice that I received early in my career from a leader that I respect. Uh, your team takes cues from you, right? And so you have to be very mindful of your facial expressions, your um, tone of voice. And even if you're feeling stressed, um, they will pay attention to how you react to that, right? And uh, in many cases, model the same behaviors as you. Um, so it's, it's up to us as leaders to um, develop that sense of, um, of uh, self-control, right? Self-awareness and, and make sure that, you know, even if we're having a bad day, we're all people, um, that we take care of ourselves. And that might mean deferring some meetings, right? If you're not feeling on top of your game and if something can be reprioritized or rescheduled so that you can be an effective leader, recognize that and, and, and make changes accordingly. Um, but that's not to say that you have to be fake, right? Uh, em employees nowadays are expecting authenticity more than ever, um, but authenticity doesn't mean, um, you know, uh, stewing with your staff, right? It, it means, uh, you know, talking about how you overcome challenges, right? And, and if the team is all feeling the same challenge, talking through the thought process, right? How are we thinking about this? Are we putting this in the right context? Are we, are we spending too much time on this? Do we need to maybe table a very difficult decision um, that we could only get so far today and then talk about it again tomorrow? So a leader really needs to be able to facilitate those types of conversations 
um, and demonstrate that self-awareness. Interesting. So uh, in the same context, now if I were to give you another instance, um, how is it that the people within the teams can form deeper bonding and, and build more mutual trust in a spread out environment? Because when you are in a physical office space, it's very different because you can just walk across the desk, get into water cooler chats, uh, get into a room and have those conversations. And there's always opportunity to bond uh, at a wider level, but also in your own tribes and allies. So uh, in this kind of a setup, if you're talking about a global spread out remotely, what are your thoughts and experience in, in, in team bonding and building mutual trusts? I thought a lot about this uh, before this discussion, even you know throughout the year, we have to find times and opportunities to create those water cooler moments, right? Um, even though we might not be um, randomly congregating at that water cooler or coffee pot, we should find opportunities to, you know, whether it's through, through our team meetings or even our day-to-day -day interactions to talk to each other as people, right? Um, you know, ask about, you know, what, what you're looking forward to, you know, on the weekend, ask about some of your, you know, challenges, uh, you know, during the week, right? If you're, if you see someone's cat on, on the screen, Talk about it, acknowledge it, and and have a little bit of levity, right? And you can you can learn more about people and asking asking questions, um, you know, will will help build that rapport. It's not easy though, right? You have to develop that confidence to you know and comfort to um, you know ask those types of questions and, and build those types of relationships. Um, but I but I'll, I also think that even in an office environment, right? Sometimes we just hide behind email. And that's where I often see conflict occurring uh, when you don't have those verbal cues, right? Or, or not uh, verbal or nonverbal cues, right? You're just seeing what's, what's in front of you in plain text. And I, uh, one thing that I encourage my team to do is when, when they're faced with a difficult conversation is to pick up the phone. Uh, you don't have to necessarily be on video, but at least have more human contact so that the person can hear you asking the question in a very open manner, right? And perhaps that can de-escalate some, some of the tension or perceived tension. I've also seen some cases where, uh, you know, it, it was just a misunderstanding about what was in writing. Someone was moving too fast, uh, wanted to get a message out and they meant no harm by what they were saying. And then the recipient of that message had a, diff had a different belief that wasn't rooted in, in any type of intention or fact. Um, so again, we have to, we have to try really hard. Um, but I don't, I think it's, I don't know if it's that much harder than it would be in an office environment. I just think that the form of communication, the met, the vehicle for communications different where on a video or a phone versus walking over to someone's desk. Wow. So, um, Joe, um, I'll, I'll give you another situation, um, from a physical work environment and, and help me relate back to your experiences in how it's got adapted in, in the virtual work. So um, typically uh, the leaders, when they have new people coming on board, uh, there are moments of mentoring, coaching, uh, not just the individual, but also the wider teams to accept the individual in the, in, in the wider aspect in, into the organization. But I think what I keep hearing uh, every now and then from the leaders and the HR fraternity as well, that they are finding it 
extremely challenging to be able to coach and mentor these kind of relationships online. Call it Zoom fatigue, call it the inability to connect to the different cultures. I mean, there's just tons of reasons that they can come back to you with of why it cannot happen. Um, so in that context, I, I have been thinking, and I would love to hear your views. Uh, do you suggest that it's better to have an external certified coach coming in and helping the leaders and the teams to get into this kind of conversations and start bonding? Or do you still feel that there is there are some elements which the in, internal leaders are missing out on and they should be focusing on to make this a more meaningful relationship uh, in terms of mentoring and coaching? I think that there, there's always value in bringing an external perspective, right? I don't know from my perspective whether that is um, going to help build sustainable pra uh, practices um, once the consultant leaves, right? So no matter whether you, you start out with some external help or not, I think at the end of the day, we should flip the paradigm about what we expect out of leaders in integrating um, you know, their new team members to the organization and the team, right? And that would include things like you know, making sure they have a buddy to ask those, even, even if it's not about tasks, you know, about doing their specific job, but how do you navigate the company, right? How do things get done here? What are some of the, you know, internal politics, so to speak, that you have to navigate? What are some of the unspoken rules? Those are some of the things that I, I you know, I find can be even more challenging in a, in a remote environment that, you know, you don't, you don't get a feel for that by, you know, when you're not walking the hallways and, and you know, hearing other conversations and seeing people's body language. Um, so having some sort of contact within the organization to, you know, um, acclimate them to the culture, I think is going to be essential. But the other piece that I, where I see um, leaders typically um, uh, not thinking about as much is getting that getting that new team member into the fold of decisions and conversations. We're, again, we're all creatures of habit, right? So what, when, when we have been working with other team members and stakeholders across the organization, we're just used to emailing them, right? Or, or calling the same people upon the same people. A leader's role should be to make sure that those individuals um, are also looping in the new person, right? And catching them up on why decisions were made and, and asking them questions, right? Um, so I think a, extra care there will help that new person not only feel welcome, but it will help make them effective and ramp up even more quickly. Um, you know, and that's that tends to be one of the challenges that I find. You know, and with with survey data, is you know, uh, employees are having a hard time feeling that connection, and so you might see some short term stints, right? When they join an organization, they might think that it's not the best place for them. Perhaps it is, but either they didn't give it enough of a chance, or or they did, they just did not get the the extra help that they need to you know the extra boost um, to get acclimated. Super. So um, in, in this whole um, setup, if you were to talk briefly about the emotional well-being and the mental health um, as well for everybody together. Again, what are some of the coaching elements that leaders can bring in uh, for the team members? And do you see a possibility of a reverse coaching happening? So I've, I've seen people doing reverse mentoring, but do you see possibilities of reverse coaching happening 
between the leaders and their team members to see that both are kind of balanced out in their emotional journey uh, as they foster the relationship deeper. I, I'm very pleased to see that mental health is something that companies are actively talking about. You know, and that, in my opinion, wasn't the case five years ago. It was still a bit of a taboo subject uh, for various reasons, right? Mental health is health, and uh, we should, as leaders, make sure that we we create a safe environment where people can talk about mental health in the context of, you know, here's here's how this is impacting me as a team member, right? As a colleague, um, of course, within reason, right? There are some, there are certain situations where it's more appropriate to, you know, maintain that, you know, that distinct line of, of appropriateness, but, um, you know, we all can't help but, but recognize that, you know, we, we bring our emotions to the table. We bring our mental health, our physical health, um, you know, and, and that all impacts our ability to, to perform. So where, where I see um, leaders being able to support this is having you know, open discussions about how, how the team's feeling, right? How, how, what is the current mood? What are the current needs? Um, and if you focus on those needs and behaviors, you can uncover additional needs, right? Is, is there additional reinforcement needed with, you know, with respect to mental health services, coaching, things like that? That all comes from the top. So we need to make sure that not only do our line managers, you know, uh, do well with that, but that it, uh, the executive leadership is creating an environment that they're talking about mental health and what the company is doing to support um, each individual's mental health and, you know, with whatever those needs might be. That can include some, you know, certain programs um, or coaching, like you were mentioning, right? Uh, different resources that are, um, you know, available on demand virtually. Um, we should have all these programs ready to go, and the managers should be well educated on what what resources are available, so that when they, you know, if they do see an issue happening on their team, right, they're they're um, referring those team members to the appropriate resources just in time. Great. As we're getting closer to the end, I'd like to ask you the final question. Your advice to the HR leaders now, we've been talking about business leaders, et cetera, HR leaders now in terms of how they can do more effective coaching to the business leaders to ensure that the uh, entire organization uh, cohesion uh, continues to get built and they're moving in the same direction uh, to achieve the overall objectives. I think HR leaders should bring some data to the table, right? It's um, it uh, that's where we can ground ourselves in decision making. If we are, if we can find some data about um, you know whether it's team burnout, um, any you know leaves of absence that might be occurring, um, and you know other performance issues, things like that. If we can if we can tell that story um, in very clear terms. To the leadership, I think then we can all then we can then we can all come together, right, and and make and draw some conclusions and determine what are the appropriate actions we're going to take. But that's not a one-time exercise, right? It's it's looking at the data, making some decisions about you know, possible intervention programs, etc., and then monitoring progress. Uh, the data doesn't always tell the complete story, too, right? So uh, 
we have we again should create an environment that it is safe for you know leaders in the organization to talk about you know the issues that they're that they're seeing and some of their recommendations. Um, I think that executive leadership uh, you know would be wise to show an openness and willingness to try new things um, and and recognize when things are not working, right? Not every decision or intervention is going to work just exactly as you planned. Um, and it's okay, and especially in the context of today's world, it's okay to adapt. Um, so I think showing that that humanity and that extra care and adapting their own styles will will uh, you know have a ripple effect in the organization. Amazing. Thank you so much, Joe, for sharing all those insights and spending time with us on this podcast today. It was wonderful having this entire gold mine of information uh, being shared with our viewers and our listeners. Thank you, everybody. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Hacking HR podcast, and I will see you soon. Thank you and take care. Bye-bye. Thank you, everybody, for watching or listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please follow us on our social media and subscribe to our newsletter so that you can stay informed of all the things that we're putting together for you from the Hacking HR community. Thank you so much. Please continue to stay safe, stay well, stay strong, and we will see you soon.